Hey there. We're Megan, Lauren, and Lindsay. We're three teacher advocates who've been where you are and know what you're going through. We believe that teachers are as important to the education system as the curriculum, and our goal is to support you as a teacher and a person. This is everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. Welcome to Real Teaching 101. Hi, teacher friends. How are we doing today? Oh, you know, thorough technical difficulties that uh, have then plagued each of us in this thing. I blame you, Lindsay. Your technical difficulties are contagious. I started off so strong today. It wasn't until I touched something that it became a problem. You really did. You you were rocking it. And then all of a sudden, I saw like this look of panic on your face. And I was like, oh, God, she's unplugged something. Yeah. It was the second I was trying to change some sound thing. I know better. I'm, this is not the time to try to fix things. If it's working, it's working. Well, tech issues aside, it's lovely to see everybody. Well, I yes. can see you. I guess nobody else can, but that's okay. Well, their loss. <laughs> so today's episode, we are going to be focusing on something that I think teachers, not only teachers, but a lot of people struggle with. And we're going to be talking about boundaries. And I thought this was an important topic just because we are getting back into the school year and this is the perfect time to set those boundaries. If you start off strong and you you know have your hard limits, I think it'll make it so much easier go- as you go through the year. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because we all go into the school year with like really strong intentions of this is what's not going to happen this year. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then those kind of falter as the year goes on. I'm sure... We all have a common experience with that. And that happens not only at work, but in our personal lives, professional relationships, like things change a little bit. So before we get into, you know, some tips and how to keep those boundaries set and how, what kind of boundaries we should be setting, I just want to hear from both of you, what boundaries, I guess, have changed from your year one of teaching to now? Oh, I smile at that because year one, Lauren was so enthusiastic and did everything possible. In my tenure of teaching, I've done the academic decathlon team, the mock trial team, before school care, lunch study hall. I've done morning lab, computer lab. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. it. It was a lot. And I some of those I did. I did decathlon, mock trial, and planned a wedding all at the same time, which was a whole lot of not fun. And I remember having to think like, what really needs to get done here? And shamefully, some of the wedding stuff went on the back burner because I was like, it's not happening until August. I don't need to do it right now, but everything else is here and now. And I've got people who are expecting things from me. And looking back, I probably should have dropped one of those commitments because the wedding is the one I remember the most. I have super fond memories of very busy, busy Lauren. Um, But listening to you explain that, it made me think of that saying, and I'm going to get the whole thing wrong, but have you guys heard it where it's like, you know, like juggling the balls and some of them are glass and some of them are plastic and sometimes the plastic ones can drop and that's okay. Like it's not going to be the end of the world kind of thing. Yeah, And that's what it makes me think of. And same thing, like, you know, first year teacher, I was like, I kid you not, on a Friday night, would still be at school at like 10 o'clock at night. And I was not the only person there. My lesson plans were like super, super detailed and intense and like took me all weekend long to write. Yeah, I just feel like my priorities were kind of out of whack. I was doing the things that I thought you were supposed to do to make you a good teacher. Um, 
But now when I think about boundaries, like I take those, those suckers seriously. Like I bought a completely different laptop on sale for home and none of my school stuff goes on this computer, not my email. I don't (laughs) write anything here. Like I don't Google anything school related. None of it. I definitely, definitely don't have my school email on my phone. You guys know how I feel about that one. But those things sound kind of silly and simple, but it's so nice when I leave school at the end of the day, like none of that stuff comes home with me. Like, you know what I mean? And it was uncomfortable at first because in my head, I'd be like, oh God, what if I have like, uh, like a scary email from a parent or whatever. And then the more I just kind of got used to it, I'm like, well, it'll be there tomorrow. Like I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'll check my email. I check it before I leave for the end of the day. And then they don't need my immediate response. Yeah. And I think that you both touched on like a really important part of why setting boundaries is important because sometimes we miss out as teachers or just as people in general on things like Lauren's wedding. She didn't do certain things or put certain things off because we were so like, I think it kind of chimes into teacher guilt. And, you know, you have to do more, you, you need to be here to do this. Like it's for the children, all of those good, you know, things that we tell ourselves. And in thinking about boundaries, I thought a lot about Brene Brown. And I don't know if either one of you has listened to or read anything from her, but I am like, I, I sipped that Kool-Aid. Like I am (laughs) full in on what she's got going on. And Brene Brown talks a lot about compassion and empathy, which I think are, descriptive words that we use a lot for teachers. And we really find ourselves to be compassionate and empathetic for our students and what they're going through and what they need. But her biggest thing is she believes people who set firm boundaries and stick to them are the most compassionate because then you have the capacity to do so. When we're sitting here and taking on way too much, there's no way we can feel what other people are feeling. And that's her other point is that Empathy isn't necessarily feeling bad for someone or feeling what they're feeling, but it's feeling with them. And again, if you are so burnt out because you are overextended, it's impossible to do. So, you know, taking a page out of her book, in order to be the best compassionate and empathetic teachers, we have to set those boundaries. So, with that in mind, are there any new boundaries that you are? intentionally going to be setting for this year based on, you know, what happened last year with COVID and just, you know, just in general. I have to think about that one for a little bit because I'm starting a new role where I teach only a little bit and I'm working more with teachers. And one thing Megan would be so proud of me is I did not put my new email on my phone. And I told people that. I was like, I don't have my email on my phone, so don't expect yada, yada, yada. But I've noticed that the culture of my new position, lots of people use out-of-office replies and and all of that. So it seems like that is a normalized boundary. But I'm going to let Megan, you talk, and then you can come back to me as I think about other ones that I'm committing to. I have one um, that is newer to me right now, and that is not spending so much of my money on my classroom. Um, I struggle with this every year because, you know, like I want to do fun things with the kids. And when it comes to like science projects, you know, I was the one buying all the supplies for that and, um, and little things. So, you know, like I always make sure we've got extra Valentine's in case somebody doesn't have Valentine's, stuff like that. So, 
you know, when it comes to holidays and stuff. And normally we do get to ask for like a little party fee. It's nothing crazy, but it like, you know, helps and parents will donate food and stuff. But um, last year with COVID, we couldn't ask for a party fee. However, we did not have the parties. I just paid for all of it. So I'm trying to be better about that and just really spending money on things that I think are the most important. I created an Amazon teacher wish list, which was really neat. And like a bunch of my friends from all over the country have donated things, which has been awesome. Um, I've been a little bit more vocal at school about things that I think are necessary for the classroom. And just today got a couple things approved that they're actually going to buy. And in the past, I would have just ordered all of those things and paid for them myself. So um, I'm kind of proud of myself for that. And this is the first summer where I feel like I didn't go to Ikea or wherever and spend me on stuff for my classroom. I'm, I'm trying to be really intentional about using what I already have. So that that one's a new one for me. For me, I'm starting a new job, much like Lauren, and I'll let her get back to her boundaries because I think she's thought of some. Um, I now, because I work from home, I have to set the boundary that my work time ends at a certain time. And I think that's a good boundary for anybody in a position, any position, um, because it's really easy for me to just run back upstairs and be like, let me just hop back on the computer and work for 20, 30 minutes. But that starts chipping away at your time. So I have a hard out time and I will answer things up until that point, And then everything else can wait till tomorrow. I'm not a doctor, so none of my decisions are life altering so I could, they can wait. So yours, you almost stole it from me because (laughs) um, I've been at work on half days and I've been working on this project that I would love to see through to the end. I would have loved to just sit down and grind it out, but I realized, no, I'm going to be here for several days. I do not need to do it all in one day. And I had the heart out, hard out time as well. I was like, I'm only working till this time and then I'm totally and completely done. And I felt a lot better. Like, it's just like you talked about, it's going to be there tomorrow. There's, I don't win anything. I don't get a gold star. Um, If anything, I'm probably putting myself in an early grave if I keep working on it. So I'm really trying to be better about just time management. And to that point too, the start time of school, which I know can be really tricky because I used to get there early because I had to drop my child off at daycare, which, and then I had to travel across the Los Angeles Valley. And so I usually got there early because there was a buffer time for traffic and things like that. But I'm really trying to step out of that comfort zone of getting there early and seeing if I can just get there when I'm supposed to be there. So I have a little bit of extra space. Maybe I can get some coffee in the morning or sleep in a little bit, but not needing to be the gold star superstar person because like I said, I don't get anything out of that. I agree. Are there any like personal life boundaries that you guys are trying to set? Yeah. I I feel like when it comes to personal life, it's my personal life is improved when I set and maintain those stricter boundaries with work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think a lot of not that I don't have any boundaries because I, you know, I definitely think there are boundaries when it comes to like friendships and family and stuff like that. But I think, I, especially in the past year, like Lauren was saying, that coming in early, I, for me, did a really good job last year about like leaving. Like I, you know, we had dismissal. We we had like like I cleaned up. I did all the things, turned everything off, and like I was one of the first ones out of there. And I really loved that. I was really proud of myself because it's easy to get started on something. And and sometimes I think with teachers, we think we're 
like helping ourselves where it's like, okay, I'll just stay here and do this for the next 30 minutes. Then tomorrow it's done. But all that always spirals into something else. And I wonder like, are you really helping yourself or would it have been more helpful for me to, you know, have gotten out of the classroom, gotten home earlier, gone for a walk or like we talk about like, you know, taking a shower and like washing off the day or, or whatever. But I just think my personal life continues to improve when I see myself as more than just a teacher and I have time to do things other than just work-related stuff. And I love that you said professional boundaries helped your personal life boundaries and like shape that. We're going to talk a little bit about that when we come back and we're going to take a little break. But on this break, I want you as our listeners to be thinking about what boundaries do you need to set this year? Are they personal? Are they professional? What boundaries do you need to set for you? So we're going to take a little break and we'll come right back. Welcome back, everybody. And I hope you had a chance to think of some things that you want to set boundaries for and set intentions for the new year. Um, We normally come back with a attention grabber, but I couldn't think of one. And Megan struggles, so we're skipping that. I think it didn't work because I was real confused. And then we got real nervous about paying copyright fees. And it all kind of spiraled. Yes, we'll consider bringing this back. But today... still, Still working on that. Work in progress. Today, we're actually going to start out with this lovely quote about boundaries that I found because I thought it really spoke to what I think is the purpose of setting boundaries. So it's a quote from Anna Taylor. And the quote says, love yourself enough to set boundaries. Your time and energy are precious. You get to choose how do you use it. You teach people how to treat you by deciding what you will and won't accept. And I love this because I think it's so telling about setting boundaries with admin, students, and parents. What do you guys think? I do love that. I love it because it puts whomever in control. It's very empowering. I think of people I've worked with who will be me year one and do everything and all of the things and how much they are tired at the end of the day in so many different ways and then get tired of being asked to do a lot of the other teacher things that nobody else wants to do. And I kind of want to be like, well, you need to set the boundary. And I know that because I've been there, like no shame, no shade, but learning to say no or setting that firm, hard line is so, so valuable. As soon as you read that quote, I immediately thought of the parents and dealing with the parents in the classroom. And I think the beginning of the year is such a great opportunity to kind of make those boundaries. So for me, for a while, like I would respond to emails right away. Like I kept it up on my laptop, on my teacher table constantly. And anytime I was back there, lunch, whenever, you know, I would just respond here and there. And I think by doing that, I was kind of training them to think that they had that um, accessibility. Is that right? Accessibility to me? That doesn't sound right. Access to you. Access. Thank you. (laughs) But anywho, but me not responding. And I guess what I'm thinking, I'm thinking of it as like giving in. So like me not giving into it kind of shows them what to expect, if that makes sense. It does. And I think about this past year when 
I had a Google Voice number. And so that was where the students could text me, parents could text or call. And for a while, I kept the notification on because it was COVID and kids couldn't get into Zoom and everything else. But I started having students text me at four o'clock, five o'clock, nine o'clock. And I was like, oh, this is not happening. I cannot handle you here. So I turned the notification off on my phone and it was like not having that sound or the sound that the Google voice notification makes is also the same as like LinkedIn makes. And now I didn't have to panic as to which one it was. I just knew that it was something I actually wanted to be on the receiving end of. And it was fabulous. So that was my really roundabout way of saying that anything where you can disconnect is beautiful. It's important to set those boundaries because it does teach others what to expect from you. If they know I'm not going to answer after 6 p.m., they won't message me. They'll wait till the next day. Or even if they do, they won't expect that response. And so WebMD for this, I actually just stumbled upon it on WebMD. And I thought it was really interesting that they had benefits for setting healthy boundaries. Like they had a list of things that benefit your health, which included building greater self-esteem, get a clearer picture of who you are and what you want, a clearer picture of your values. It enhances mental health. It helps you avoid burnout and you get a greater sense of identity and you also develop more independence. So I thought those were really interesting characteristics for just setting boundaries, like, you know, having a set out time, telling people how, when you'll respond, like setting a work-life balance, just how much that alone would help increase your mental health and your well-being. One thing that I want to put out there is the idea that if you do it, you give people the inspiration to do it too. And in teaching, it's really easy to be like, so-and-so stays until six o'clock, so-and-so grades on Saturdays, so-and-so shows up you know, hours before. And that becomes the normal thing. But once people can start setting those boundaries and then it becomes like, oh, I can be like her too. I can leave after the bell and have time or I don't have to respond to email. It it becomes that trickle down effect. And there's a quote that's along the lines of what one person has done, another can do. And so if you can set boundaries, then that means that another person like silently has quote permission to do it too. And I think that's a really powerful effect. On that note, (laughs) I found a list Um, made by Aaron Spinagle. And Aaron, if you're listening, I know I butchered your last name. So please feel free to reach out and I will correct that. But there was a lovely list that you put together to help. This was specifically for teachers, but it's really applicable to anybody in any career or field that you're trying to set boundaries for um, to help you stick to setting whatever boundaries you set. So the first one was make lists and prioritize your tasks. I love that. I started um, highlighting. I can even show you guys. I've got mine here. Like, is it in your monster binder? No, it's not. It's just a regular room. But like highlighting what was like my main goal to accomplish for the day, um, which might sound kind of silly, but then I still felt accomplished when I finished it. And it wasn't like, oh, but look, I still have this whole like, and then, you know, the next day I'd pick another task to focus on, which it just makes it more manageable too. Agreed. Yeah. And I think if you have a clear picture of what has to get done today, though, it makes your day seem more manageable. Like if anything can wait, it should. 
And I know that goes against like, I don't know who said it, but like whatever can be do, done today, do it today. Don't put it off till tomorrow. That's not the quote, but. Well, that person so, wasn't a teacher. So that's all I'm saying. I don't <laughs> think it was anyway. So if you do know, again, reach out because we didn't know. Aaron's tip number two was be intentional with how you spend your time. And for this one, it was more so like if you're going to grade on a Thursday evening, you're going to grade for three hours or whatever time you set. Turn off the TV, put your phone away, like sit down and just do whatever task that you set out to do because that will make you, number one, more productive and it'll make you more efficient. I was going to say sometimes I'll put a timer on my phone and it's almost like I'm tricking myself into focusing on something where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this one thing for just an hour today and then I'll put a timer on my phone for an hour. Um, but like you, I have to like <laughs> turn the TV off or I get distracted easily. Um, I'll also put like classical music on in my headphones or something like that, uh, which helps kind of like a power hour thing, but not drinking. In the pre-COVID days, I would grade out and about in the world. So I would go to a coffee shop or a diner and I would do two things at once so that I felt like I was out in the world. But that if I stayed there too long, people would be like, man, this girl has no life. And then I would feel the need to leave. So that way people didn't think that I was super obsessive. Uh, Aaron's tip number three was to choose certain days to complete necessary tasks, which I think can be applied to a lot of things. So if I set like the limit or the boundary for myself that I need to get up from my computer and go work out three days a week, I'm going to work out on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's easier for me to stick to than, oh, I got to work out three times this week. I'll get there when I get there. Cause then it'll be like, oh, I'm not going to go today. I'll go tomorrow. Oh, well, I still have three days left in the week. I'll go later. Like, and so setting those days for whatever task it is, I think makes it more manageable. I love that, especially with like prep periods, you know, like maybe you've got a, a decent amount of time on a Thursday. So, you know, that Thursday you're going to grade or, you know, enter all your grades or whatever, or update Google Classroom, whatever it is. I think that's a great idea. I like that tip. From the smart goal standpoint, the specificity of that is what is going to make somebody successful. The next tip, which we all touched on and is a super important boundary, please set it for yourself, is having a time where you turn off school or work for the day or for the week. So say, you know, Friday at seven, that's it. You're not doing it anymore over the weekend or it's every day at five o'clock. You're out of school. You're done. Whatever that is, I think setting that, it just gives you a little bit more work-life balance. Yeah. And if I can chime in and just say whenever your contracted hours are over. So if you're contracted until 3.30, you're good. Go home at 3.30. If it's 4, whatever. I think 7 o'clock on a Friday is too late. You don't owe them until 7 p.m. on a Friday. Like, try your best to stick to those contracted hours because, and this might be a whole topic for a whole nother show, but like the amount of unpaid overtime teachers work is ridiculous and not until you start to tally it up. And I only did this for the very first time this past year during the COVID craziness. And my aide and I, I think one week we reached 68 hours or something insane like that. And I want to say it's, it's not worth it. And we're guilted into the, oh, it's for the kids. It's for this. Nope. You know, like, like we say, you can't pour from an empty cup. You've got to be able to recharge yourself and recharge your battery and yeah, I say try to get out, stick to that hard exit time if you can. Absolutely. And that kind of leads into her last 
tip, which was find or keep hobbies and activities that you enjoy that aren't work or school related. Tips, tricks. I I don't do. think I have anything even helpful to add to that. I, I I love that. That's I still need to improve in that area. Um, I feel like I'm still looking for things, especially during the school year. I think I do a good job over the summer, but during the school year, it's easy for me to you know work all day and then I just come home and I'm so tired. I I don't invest enough time or energy into those other aspects of my life. So I hope this time next year we can revisit this and maybe I have uh, more to, to speak on. The one little tip or trick that I want to uh, give a shout out for is an app that I used called habit share, which is pretty much like a glorified sticker chart. And I love two things about it. One that it's a sticker chart. And then when I, I get very much satisfaction out of seeing like a streak that I'm on and you can put all sorts of whatever habits in there. So I think I have on mine, eat food, like eat all of my food because nutrition is really big. Drink my 80 plus ounces of water a day. I have stretching on there and you can do all sorts of things. You can set reminders so that you're reminded to actually do those things. But the other thing that I love is that you can share your habits with other people. And so I have this one woman who I don't really talk to her very much, but I get her little thing and I'm like, oh, look at you. You're doing so great. So it kind of is like this cheerleading, holding somebody accountable for whatever habits it is that they're trying to set. And I know that we're talking about boundaries, but aren't boundaries just habits put into practice? So if a person wanted to leave school at their contracted hours, they could technically put that as their little thing in the habit share app. And then every time they did it, they can give themselves a little check off on it. And I think that those routines over time can just really help solidify boundaries because without a plan or without action, a boundary is really just a hope and a dream and a wish. And we don't want to give people hopes and dreams and wishes. We want to give them things that they feel like they can do. So I am not paid by the Habit Share app, <laughs> but they are fabulous. Download it. It's free. Well, now you have five tips that came from Aaron. You have some extra tips that came from us. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with our three anti-PD tips for the week. Welcome to our anti-PD tips section of the show. These are our takeaways we hope will stick with you from this episode. What's worse than going to a PD that offers zero helpful tips for your everyday teacher life? Nothing. Here are three tips we hope will help you establish boundaries in your life. Tip number one, feeling guilty is normal. When you first set boundaries, you are bound to feel guilt because we are conditioned to believe we don't have the right to ask for what we want or need. Setting boundaries is your right and is a way to show yourself the respect you deserve. Setting boundaries teaches others and yourself what you value most. Tip number two, say no so you can say yes. Isn't that a fun paradigm? Saying no and creating boundaries that protect your time allow you to do more of what brings you joy. Say yes to the things that spark joy, fill your cup, and just plain old make you smile. Time is the world's most valuable resources. Protect yours with boundaries you stick to. Tip number three, boundaries specifically for teachers. Teachers are socially expected to give all of their time, energy, sometimes money, to their students in classroom. You cannot be the best version of yourself if you are burnout and doing too much. It's important to set boundaries with parents, students, and your work time. Leave school at a set time. Set expectations with students. Take your work email off your phone. I will not ever stop yelling at that at you guys. 
Don't let parents intimidate you into doing what they want. Boundaries help protect your mental and physical health so you can show up for your students and yourself when it matters most. And there you have our three anti-PD tips for the week. Before you leave us today, know that you're appreciated and we know you're doing everything you can. Let's stay in touch. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at RealTeaching101 or email us at RealTeaching101 at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Ambitious Ed. Thanks for listening today and we'll see you next class.